the bases loaded and one out. Oh my Central God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Brad Slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Roto Nino. <laughs> I've been dying to say your name out loud. This is um, George, for those who don't know. And he used to go by Jay Monson as 90. So for those who have been listening to us for a while, this is the same George. Changes, yep, same change, me. <laughs> changed his tag, his Twitter handle to Roto Nino, or is it Roto underscore Nino? Yeah, so it's Roto underscore Nino, N-I-N-O. Um, well, yeah, it's yeah like I, Nino. I just, <laughs> right yeah yeah and um, I, I love it man i love it i can't say it enough i i, I I've, I've tagged you on twitter multiple times and i'm like <laughs> it's just i'm having so much fun with it yeah and, and you know what um well first of all i mean welcome to 2020 man We're, yeah happy new year happy new happy year to everyone new year. yeah yeah and it was a, I, I just felt like it was about time i i had that same uh twitter handle for the longest time before i even started getting into any of this and i thought you know what uh it's just i mean if i had like a shorter last name and it was a little more simple i'd be cool with that but i was like no let me have some fun with this if i'm gonna change it i wanted to just make it more simple maybe something more catchy and and uh yeah so nino is you know spanish for for boy or uh kid and so you know i just went with the roto nino thought it sounded pretty cool so i I mean with it it, it, it's it can't i mean i can understand if some people don't like it honestly but i absolutely love it so i'm a fan it is what it is but at the end of the day man i think of like like i said you are the art of the artist formerly known as jmon says 90 <laughs> or because there's no little inye over the n on twitter it's like you are roto underscore nino brown to me so, <laughs> those are the two things but we can move on happy new year everybody thank you for listening and for those who are new we've picked up a lot of new followers we picked up a lot of new listeners Guys, we are so thankful. It goes, Absolutely. I mean, it does go without saying, but I say it anyway. I want to stress just how thankful we truly are. The growth and the um, notoriety that we've gained over the last few weeks, even the last month or so, it's been just amazing. And we just can't thank you guys enough. So appreciate you guys uh, joining us. This is episode 64, and we're just continuing our positional previews into the new year. We're getting right into outfield. We do plan on touching back on all the other positions in a certain way, which we have planned, but we aren't working our way into that. But like I said, tonight's going to be episode, we're going to start, we're going to do top 40 outfielders. And before we get into it, we had a couple bigger, bigger, big, uh, bigger, big signings, I guess. And so to speak, the bigger one we'll save for a second, but the first one is kind of big. And the reason why it's kind of big, it's Starling Castro was signed for two year deal to the nationals. And why I think it's kind of big is because it's potentially the first step in the blocking key boom, which really bothers me. But right now, he Castro would be slotted into second, key boom over to third. But if they get Donaldson, key boom could be blocked. But what are you? What are your thoughts on just the Castro side of things? Yeah, so Castro, he actually hit really well in the second half last season. He had over 300 average and 16 home runs. Uh, it's I think he's like two years in a row now. He's kind of been just like a 270 hitter. Um, he's got that 20 homer, you know, pop. And so just given the, you know, second base landscape, uh, he could definitely be be viable, at least, you know, if you, I don't know about you, but 
for me, I've noticed that I've kind of whiffed on second base in a lot of drafts, uh, at least early on, like in the top 100. I'm just not getting that value. I see a lot of guys getting, uh, you know, pushed up like Keston Hira, um, Ozzy Albies. I'm just not being able to grab any of those guys. And so I'm finding myself, you know, after pick 100 thinking, where am I going to go for second base? And uh, Castro might be a solid option now with the, the Nationals. So I, I definitely think it's a boost to his value. The instant comp that came to mind, because someone asked me about him, and for some reason the name Tommy LaStella came to mind. Just that solid batting average guy with a little bit of power upside. The only difference is, is that right now he's slotted to hit in the bottom half of the lineup, so it doesn't have the same you know, run potential and run producing potential even. As uh, well, Lestella is more for the runs because Lestella is slotted to lead off. But that was the name that came to mind. Just maybe a little more power there, but similar type of hitters, you know. So yeah. I, I do like him though. I do, I do like him. I'm just I'm looking for something that might have changed in his profile. And the one thing that stands out is just like his contact rate and his contact rate across the board went up last year, and he was um a more aggressive. So I'm wondering if that just led to him getting better pitches because the aggression went up, the contact rates went up. So I'm guessing first, he probably swung at the first pitch more. I, I'd have to look at, I didn't dive into him at all compared to what yeah. I should have done. But it's just, that's the first thing I stuck out to. He was just, he was just more aggressive at the plate and he was more aggressive while striking out less. Like it's kind of an impressive change to make. Yeah. And then uh, your point about key boom, we'll see what they do at third base right now. I do. I know that like roster resource has them slotted at, at third base right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, if they sign someone like Donaldson, that definitely uh, takes away his chances of making an impact early on. Exactly. And the second signing, which is the big one, is the one that after they did this with Eloy last year, the White Sox, you know, th- that chance of doing this with Luis Robert was very, very real. I just wasn't expecting it because I thought he was a different type of player, so they would want the extra year of control. They said, they said screw the control. We're going for it. Now I think they signed Robert. Robert, it's, it's so hard for me to call him Louis, Louis, Louis Robert. Is it Louis Robert or Louis Robert? I, don't even I, know I believe it's Louis uh, Robert. Louis Robert. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, try, I try. I always try to get that right. Robert was signed to a five-year, sixty million dollar deal. This instantly justifies his early draft position because he was going around pick one hundred in these early drafts I've been doing. Yeah. And that was too early for me. Now I like the price, but now you're gonna see him skyrocket. We're jumping ahead a little bit because this is outfield ranks. And spoiler alert, he is in both of our top 40s, which goes should have gone without saying. But where do you have him now? What are your thoughts on it? Like, how much did he move for you? Just let's We'll touch on him now, and then when we get to him later, we'll just skip over him. Right. Um, so, so I ran a poll right after the signing happened, you know, with him likely opening, uh, you know, the, the season on the roster. Uh, I kind of took a look at other players that had like maybe similar type of profiles uh, going ahead of him. So I ran a poll with him, uh, Ramon Laureano and Victor Robles, and he ran away with it. I got five over 500 results and and he ran away with that at 42%. It looks like uh, and and Robles and Laureano, they're going uh, 20 to 40 picks ahead of Robert at, at this time. So if you want Luis Robert, you're probably going to have to reach inside the top 80. Um, I can't do it. I mean, <laughs> I like Robert. Like, I want to have Robert, you know, some shares of him. But it's looking like you're really going to have to dip into the top 80 um, if you want to roster him, in, at least for this season going forward. 
personally, I, I think I still would rather have Loriano. So I want to say where I would have Robert is right there in like around the 85 to 90 range uh, as far as um, ADP goes. Okay. But uh, you can't deny the tremendous upside is there. I mean, he's got uh, over 60 power and speed uh, uh, grades on uh, fan graphs. And uh, we know that he, how, how well he did last season in the minors. So he's got a ton of potential in that lineup. I agree. The potential's there. I think it's going to be – It's there's definitely tremendous upside. But I, I hate that I do this. A tangent, I can't get, <laughs> These tangents are real. So let's get right into the Brett Balfour rankings because this is just going to happen again. You have, I believe, we'll start at the top. We're not going to harp on it because it is talked about so much. Oh, yeah. We, we will talk about it a little bit because we have a lot of new listeners. So you have Acuna 1, I believe, right? Yeah. Who's your 1, 2, and 3? They're, they're, it's, we can agree it's the same tier, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's Acuna, Trout, and Yelich. Um I do have Acuna 1, Trout 2, Yelich 3. Uh, it looks like uh, – I'm not sure if anyone's changed there since, but when we did our Fantrax consensus rankings, it looks like everyone had the same top three there. I changed since. Okay. <laughs> I, put, I put Trout back at 1 where he belongs, and it's for the simple fact that I'm okay not chasing the 40-40 upside for what I know is going to be 40-15 floor. Like, yeah. I'm okay. Like, I can get those steals later. I'm very comfortable with taking guys in the middle to late rounds to get the steals. I don't need to win the steals category. Trout offers the highest floor with still one of the highest, if not the highest ceilings in baseball, better batting average, similar, if not better power output, more RBIs, probably a little and similar runs. It's like, I'm, I don't want to take somebody because of one stat over trout. We've seen this happen in the past with bets with Harper I'm just not going to – I'm just going to – I mean, I know Trout's been more of an injury risk of late, which is weird – feels weird and dirty to say. So that's where my reasoning is. But I do not fault anybody taking Acuna one or even Yelich one. I totally yeah. understand it. That is why – I guess I, I got to explain to people that are getting a new listeners. I'm very big on tier-based rankings, which means I put players in the same tier. And although I give them a number in my preference – I can I can under, I can understand and justify taking any which one of them based on team need. This is the same thing. Your draft philosophy should basically dictate which what should basically dictate which one you take first. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, I have him. I have him number one just because. Yeah, I think he's going to get that forty forty this season. Uh, I mean, as long as he's leading off all year, he did play thirty six games last season, batting fourth. So. You know, we know he didn't really run so much uh, batting cleanup there. So, yeah, I think it's there. I think 40-40 is there for him this season. And I think it just lets you do so much more throughout the draft. Uh, you know, lets you go different directions. You get those 40 steals from one player, and it's like you really don't need, you know, how much more do you really need to to be competitive there? You really don't. So I, I think Acuna number one there, just uh, with the speed, he gives you, gives you everything there. Um, I mean, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to fault anybody for taking Trout number one whatsoever. And for me, Yelich, for me, is the 1C. Like, I I feel like there's a clear, I, almost, like, not a clear difference or a clear those two are the top two, but I think I, I, I feel comfortable saying that. I'd rather have both of, both of them over Yelich. We both have Yelich at three. But that doesn't that's not Yelich's fault. He is very, very, very good. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> the guys hit, what, 330? Uh 
I don't know. I, I just know like you, I just know you're getting him. You're getting 30 home runs, 15 to 20 steals, 100 runs, 100 RBIs, and 300 batting average. You're I mean, based two. on his last two seasons, I think that's that's even selling him short there. That's the floor, you're probably right. That's exactly. The five category floor. You are getting him in like that's what you're getting. You know, you're getting that. You could plug that in, and again, it offers a level of safety that is arguably better, like not better, but arguably up there with Trout. That's why, because it's like you might get less power, which again, the power might actually match him because he's shown yeah. to have it lately. I honestly would not blame anyone for taking Yelich uh, number one either. I mean, these all three guys mm-hmm. really have a good argument for going number one. I mean, Yelich, I think I trust him to have the best batting average, absolutely best batting average of the three. I think Trout, um, you could bank on for if if he's healthy all season. That that's the thing with Trout too. You know, last couple seasons he's had a few uh, a few nagging injuries, but if Trout's healthy all season, that's fifty home runs or more. Yep. You know. Uh, and and Yelich here, I mean, you know, you're getting pr- probably guaranteed over 300 average, and then he's he's got the potential to also hit 50 home runs and and steal you 20 to 30 bags on top of that. So really, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. I think, uh, like I said, Yelich, I think I trust a little bit more with the batting average because Trout has been hitting more fly balls, so I think that might hurt the BABIP a bit. These three guys, it's as good as you get with these three here. Yeah, you can't really go wrong starting a team with any of them. The last thing I'm going to say about Trout is that this is probably the best lineup he's had in a very long time surrounding him. So that lineup yeah. protection is going to do wonders for him probably for once. Like, So anyway, we can move on. Bets at four for me. Who do you have at four? I don't have your rankings up. I only have mine now. So I have bets at four as well. And people are probably wondering why bets over Ballinger. If you want to speak on that for a second, go for it. Bets I have at four, again, because of that uh, speed component. I think you're looking at 25 to 30 home runs and close to 20 steals. Good batting average. These two are another two that are really close. Uh, I think Bellinger is probably most similar to, you know, to actually to Mike Trout. You know, you got that 40, maybe 40, 10, 40 home runs, 10 steals. The batting average is the only because I remember like he had that big first half, then he fell off a little bit in the second half. I look at it like this: bets the high floor with the the ceiling is still there, but the floor is undoubtedly like high. Bellinger coming off MVP season, great first half, good second half, just not you know def- definitely fell off. And I feel like although there is a floor there, I think it is lower, but the ceiling is obviously higher. Thus the MVP. So. It's just a matter of hedging your bet, and I think I think bets actually had a down year as far as stolen bases go. So, I'm betting more on like a 30-20 guy, and I think that's again, I think that comes with a higher batting average and a little more safety to it. As far as um, after those two though, we can. I mean, again, we talked about Belger already in that. I go straight to six at Juan Soto, and I actually include personally include Juan Soto in the same tier as Bellinger and bets, but I have him third because offers a high floor but a little less ceiling than um, a Bellinger because of the steals, but he sneakily stole, I think, double digits last year. So I think there's a little bit more speed than we come to have come to expect and whatnot with Soto. So I'm really big on Soto this year. I have – he's I, for me, he's he's like a four-and-a-half uh, category producer. So he he made this second tier for me. And he's – I think I, – I, I can't wait to do my overall rankings because last time I did him, I'm pretty sure he was like top seven or top eight in my overall rankings. Yeah, uh, I have him at six as well. I have Soto here at six. And, I mean, 
like you said, that floor, he's got just such elite plate discipline. The guy walks so much. Um, and he, he cut down that ground ball percentage that we saw when he first came up in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut his ground ball rate by about 10%, you know, and he was able to, to get, you know, those 34 home runs. He did steal 12 bags. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're, you're looking at over 30 home runs and maybe 10 steals and 290 average. Exactly. Yeah. Really good OBP. And a few crotch grabs. <laughs> maybe a couple of, maybe a couple of, maybe a couple of tongues being stuck out of people. I don't know, man. I, I don't think, I mean, people hate that. I personally think he's just having fun and, and I'm okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to be a little upset about it. I don't know. I think it's kind of funny, but I also like Juan Soto a lot. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, who's seven for you? Seven, eight, nine. I have them in one tier. But they all – I wonder if we have the same names. Who's, who's 7, 8, and 9 for you? At 7, I have J.D. Martinez. So 7, J.D. Okay, he's 9 for me. Who's, who's 8 for you? Aaron Judge. He's 8 for me. So you have – please tell me you have Harper at 9. I do have Harper at 9, yes. There we go. So we have the same three <laughs> different orders. I can totally understand each one, but you can go ahead and – I guess – I mean, there's really – it's hard to break these guys down. There's – Nothing to say about it. Really it really is. It, it it really is. All these guys are, are absolutely studs. I mean, just the the fact that you know, J, we have JD Martinez here at seven. Well, great you lineup. Seven. You know, yeah, I have him at seven. Um, <laughs> I have I mean, over three hundred last three seasons. You know, you're going to get close to forty home runs. Great counting stats there in in Boston. Uh, you can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it. As yeah. much as and and you know, as much as injuries were a big part of. of you know, the risk with him a few seasons ago. Now, you know, you're looking at two relatively, you know, full healthy seasons from JD Martinez. He gets being to, able DH. to DH. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> being able to DH there now. So yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's pretty safe. I feel like he, I think like he's underappreciated and, but I feel like all three of these are because although JD offers the highest floor, I think judge and Harper do offer a little bit more ceiling. We've seen Harper, literally being drafted top two in his career in, in his like obviously in his past and are those days over possibly I mean I don't want to say that about I think he's like 28 27 so he's still not old I mean he's just technically entering his prime but the batting average we've seen to be kind of a problem with him but we both know that the, the home runs are there and he's been stealing he stole 15 I think 15 bags last year so I think this for me it was the steals that put him up above these two with mm-hmm. similar, if not better, home run potential because of that, you know, that that home park of his. And now it's it's the second year of the mega deal. Sorry, I was letting the car pass. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't hear a car. Oh yeah, you know, it's ha- it has to happen. <laughs> second year of that mega deal, so a little bit of the pressure is off of him. I think he's in for another big year or good year. Again, it's just a matter of preference because there's batting average risk here, whereas JD doesn't have that. And Judge kind of fits right in the middle. And that's why we both have him at eight because he's just the big power. The upside's there. The health is always, has seemed to be an issue lately. But we right. know he, can hit, he can hit 50 with 200 combined runs and RBIs, chip in five steals, and hit anywhere from 250 to 275. I think we're kind of underestimating his uh, batting average. I think we're kind of expecting – you know, the batting average to, to fall out for judge because just because of his strikeouts. And I mean, while that's a good point, you're, he's like the last three seasons, he's had about a 360 Babbitt and that's just because he smokes the ball. He hits the ball harder than anybody else. So, I mean, and in that park, 
you're looking at 284, 278, 272 batting averages over the last three seasons. So I don't really see the 254 batting average that Steamer's giving him. Uh, they're having him down at a 319 BABIP. I mean, why am I to believe that it's going to be any different than how it's been the last three seasons where the BABIP's been up at 360, you know? Even if he falls down to like a 340 BABIP, you're still looking at like a two. That's what, maybe that's why because they're, they're giving him a BABIP way lower than he should have. Right. I think I, I still think realistically, if he's a 260 hitter, he has um he has the power potential to be a difference maker, which a lot of, which a lot of people can't say. Not everybody hits 40 home runs, you know. So I yeah. think like and we'll get to his counterpart in Stanton a little later, but Stanton he could be he could be very much like Stanton. Or Stanton could be very much like him, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we're undervalu maybe we're overvaluing him or undervaluing Stanton, which we can get to later, like I said. But it's just now it becomes that question. Regardless, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the batting average thing. I'm not so like, – I, I said 250 because I have his steamer projections up ahead in front of me as well. Mm-hmm. I But I also believe that that's low. I think it's undercutting him. I think 260-plus is realistic. And that's, yeah. again, 260 feels like the floor, not 254. Who's 10 for you? Um, okay, so I had Harper at nine, and then at ten I have George Springer. Okay, I have him at eleven, so we're not far off. Uh, just solid guy. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we could talk about we could say pretty much everybody in the top twenty-five is solid. So calling them solid feels redundant. It, it but, yeah, yeah. We could break these guys down all day, but the the bottom line is, I mean, as far as when you're looking at outfield, yeah, when you're looking at outfield, the top like you know the top twenty are going to be studs. So. Springer here at 10, um, yeah, I mean, leading off for the Astros, you know how good that lineup is. Uh, 39 home runs in 122 games. I mean, that, that was just a ridiculous pace. He actually, you know, ran a bit last year as well, six steals in those games. So, I don't understand the steamer projection of eight steals. Yeah. I don't think he's ever had – do you have like one season where he had 10 maybe or close to it? Uh, I, I mean, he had 16 in 2015 and nine in 2016. But Okay, so since then – but, yeah, since then because his, his success rate wasn't all that great. That's what it was with him, I think. I'm, yeah, you touched – you pretty much spoke on him. I don't need to. He's 11 for me. Who's, uh, who's 11 for you? Uh, Jordan Alvarez or Jordan Alvarez. All right, we'll get to Jordan. I guess my number 10, I, I thought – I was hoping he'd be closer. My number 10 was Starling Marte. Am I just too high on him? Where do you have Starling Marte? I have him at 13, so okay. not too far apart. Not too far off. Quick, quick reasoning, I think he gets traded, so it's going to be a better, a better uh, place for him. Where he gets traded can possibly hurt his steals because if you went to a team that doesn't steal a lot, that could hurt him. But you talk about you know taking Acuna first overall for the steals. Starling Marte is the guy I love. Like, if I get Trout, I love pairing him with a Marte because then that gives you the steals, the batting average floor. You literally just – like you get your steals and your batting average and he he's not, he's not an empty steals guy he offers a, like 20 home run pop good counting stats and a good batting average like he's a five category producer health is always an issue i feel like there's always a soft tissue injury every year but other than that man i'm really i really like Marte, and i know i'm higher than most on him because of that or i know i'm higher than most in general but i think that there's just a solid again the word solid i gotta stop saying it. it's really stupid there's just a really good because <laughs> really good thing different there's just a really good player to be had there and how i maybe because of how i've drafted in these early drafts i kind of know where he goes and i really like getting him there so i made sure to rank him in a position to where i know i'll get him yeah yeah he's um 
one of those guys that just is underrated every season. Now, the last two years, he's gone, you know, 2020, 2030. Mm-hmm. And you have him at 13. Put him up to 10, and let's call it a day. Anyway, you have, you have Jordan Alvarez at 12, you said? Or 11, sorry? I have Jordan Alvarez at 11. Yeah. I, have him, I have him down at 14. Same tier. I'm not as optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just a little risk adverse. Why are you so? Why? Why are you? What, what's the confidence? Like the confidence to have him at eleven, just showed enough for you, or? Yeah, I mean, we saw how much he balled out last season, and um, I mean, he has a history, you know, throughout the minors of being a really good line drive hitter. So I mean, I think the biggest risk that that we see, you know, people cite the BABIP, the strikeout rate, but. I mean, every season, it's a, you know, last season was a 24.9% line drive rate. And every season, the minors is mid to high 20s. So he's going to put the ball all over the field and, and he crushes the ball. We know that. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think here at 11, he's, he's going to drive in a ton of runs there for the Astros. The only thing, I mean, yeah, there's a few points that you can make that maybe knock him down as far as, you know, he's going to be, you know, utility only. We don't know when and if he's going to gain outfield eligibility. Is there a risk for a sophomore slump? Yeah, yeah, sure. But I think he's just—I think he's just this good. I agree. The upside's there. I'm just again—I'm a little less optimistic. I think all the things you cited are why I put him down to 14. And guys, the two guys, the three guys I have ahead of him because you mentioned Springer. Well, four guys. Sorry, Marte and Springer. We spoke about Meadows and Ketel Marte. I actually have above your of uh, Jordan. And you, we both love Meadows. You were the Meadows guy last year. You profited greatly off of it. Obviously, there's yeah. not much that needs to be said about him. Five category producer, home runs, steals, good batting average, solid counting stats. Like you, I feel like he's a safe player. I don't think he was just a one-hit wonder. I think what we saw last year was really who he is. And I don't know if you have much to add to that. No, no, I have Meadows at 15. Oh, you're wow! I'm higher on him than you. Where did you have him? Twelve. Twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, ha- I have him ahead of you. He's the name I had above Jordan. Him and where do you have Cattell Marte? I have Cattell at twelve. Okay, so I have him at thirteen. So we're both higher on Cattell Marte. Yeah, and for Cattell, I think I just uh, I think I trust the batting average a little more. A lot more. It's legit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's legit. So uh, just solid all around for Cattell Marte. Um, I, I think I might actually have. I think I might actually um, be a little too high on him. Might swap him and Starling Marte. But See, Starling I, had... I have Cattell 13. So, I mean, right, I, that I, obviously I approve that move because I have Marte ahead. I have, the, I, have the, I have the other Marte ahead of this Marte. And Marte Parte. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> so the two Martes are Martes. It's a Marte Parte here at a, <laughs> in the teens. Um, for Cattell, I mean, it just he's. It seems like he should run a lot more than he does, right? It's crazy. I I, think, I expect. Like, I I last year I was about him. I was all about him because I expected fifteen to twenty steals. Instead, he hit thirty home runs. I was like, whoa! Now people are like, and that's not going to happen again. Let's be very clear. He is maybe a twenty-five home run guy. Exactly. There, there was tangible change in his in his um in his swing. He he made an effort to put the ball in the air more. It paid off. I do think he's and a lot of the changes were you know tangible change and it shows that it can't be sustained but i don't think he's that 30 home run guy i think he's a 25 home run guy 290 hitter and he should get you 10 steals 
And the multi-position eligibility also adds to his value a little bit. So maybe that's all, you know, that's, these are alpha rankings. I think he's, he's also, or he's also eligible at second base and that just makes him um, more intriguing to me. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had him, uh, Cattell at 12, Starling at 13. I got Charlie mm-hmm. Blackman at 14. Where do you have Charlie Blackman? 16. I'm just okay. worried about him being traded mid season, to be honest. That's my biggest concern. He's his, he's getting old. The Rockies always are just bad enough to make trades. And I feel like he's the type of guy that would be shipped out come midseason because he's like yeah. 36. And without cores, although I don't think he'll be bad without cores, he won't be as good as we expect him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I have him and Meadows here back to back. The only reason I have Blackman uh, ahead is because of that average and you know because of cores because he's going to score, you know, 100 to 120 runs. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Blackman's going to steal. I mean, I'd be happy if you got, if you got you 10 steals this season, it, I'd be ecstatic, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen anymore, but I still think he's going to hit for a, a great average, you know, 300 and then could, you know, 30 to 35 home runs. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I think there's four categories upside for sure. I just, Again, I'm just concerned. My biggest, I'm just gonna reiterate. I think he gets traded. Like I don't, I have no, but no inside sources, no anything. It's just a weird in my head bias that I think it's gonna happen. Like I'm all, I'm sold that he is not in course commit season. And when that happens, he goes from being a top 15 outfielder to a fringe top 25. Yeah. So Chris Bryant, where do you have him? He's 15 for me. I have him above Charlie Blackman. Uh, Bryant is 16 for me. Okay, so yeah, it's same thing. And Bryant, regardless of where he hits, he's just a great source for uh, runs. Or, like, just pretty much runs RBIs. Batting average is good. He has sprint speed. You would expect more steals out of him from. But I guess he just doesn't steal a lot. And the home runs, honestly, I'm not sold that he's a, like actually like he might barely be a 30 home run guy. I just he hasn't pulled the ball like he used to. He doesn't really. He lacks like the exit, the hard hit rate, and all that. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost surprised he hit 30. Like he's going to hit 30. Like, like he's projected 30, I should say. We've seen him hit more, but ever since that shoulder injury, he hasn't been right. He actually, I think he prefers to do the uh, all fields thing, which is why the batting average sustains. Yeah, I mean, we kind of uh, talked about him on the third base preview. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, good solid player uh, here at 16. I mean, don't think, uh, you know, we mentioned this before. I don't think he's going to get that, uh, give us that MVP season again but just solid, good player in a good lineup. Exactly. And if he gets traded if he gets traded somehow to, like, the Braves, oh, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, or so, even the Dodgers. Stop it. You, oh, you're not a Dodger <laughs> fan. Wait, yo, you're a San Fran fan. That would be terrible for you. I am, I am. You hate that. But it's almost fun. See, okay, are you ha- – like, the more you've become an analyst now, like, you're entering your second full year as an analyst, you are nonstop covering these guys. Have you – not necessarily lost your fandom, but almost separated. You've almost have you separated your fandom from fantasy yet? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy, right? It's like you never yeah. thought you'd be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would ask me a few years ago if if I, I would have liked guys like Walker Bueller, Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux. Like, I love all these Dodgers, but I mean, I could still separate my my fandom here. Like, I can appreciate these players. I can you know be a fan of these players, but. I still want the Dodgers to lose every game. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you just want them to lose games like seven to ten. You know right. what I mean? Like just, I just want hit. my fantasy players to do well, yeah. right? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm still, still diehard Giants. I was just watching Matt Cain's perfect game the other day as I was writing. I mean, yeah. That must so. have given you. That must have given you some good memories. As oh you yeah, see your team Entering the Marlins of uh, of oh, today, man. they're, they're yep. entering that relevancy. But hey, you guys actually have some really good prospects. So do the Marlins. So honestly, I hope our teams become relevant together as the Mets fade into oblivion so we can laugh at Mike and uh, George. But uh, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so would I. It'd be great. Uh, anyway, so 17, who do you got? 17, I have Eloy. Ooh, where do I have Eloy? This might be – this is the first bigger uh, – yeah, I have Eloy at 22. All right, let's talk about this, shall we? <laughs> um, why are you so high on him? Oh man, I, I think I think it just took him a while to adjust last season, mm-hmm. and I mean, second half he just balled out. I mean, he second half he had two ninety two, uh, fifteen home runs, and then sixteen home runs in the first half. And there were two months where he just really struggled, but it kind of coincided with some injuries that he had uh, in May and again in July. I, I just think that uh, you know this next season he's going to be able to take that next step and in that improved lineup, I, I'm all over it. I, I'm all for Eloy this, this upcoming season. I'm not as optimistic. I'm not down. Actually, I just moved Eloy up to 21 because I moved somebody down, which we'll get to soon. Cause I realized I really don't like them this year, but mm-hmm. so, so Eloy at 21, <laughs> I'm not terribly, uh, which by the way, I guess a little inside for everybody. We did these rankings a few weeks ago. So we kind of we tend to update them as we go sometimes, and that's what just happened. So Eloy's twenty one for me, and I'm all about him. I think he's going to be great. But there's a few names I believe in a little more that I think still have more upside or more floor. Even we talked about the sophomore slump in Jordan Alvarez. There could very well be one for Eloy. Although I feel like it feels like a little less likely because Eloy played the whole year last year or most of the year. I know he missed time with injury, but. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. So, I'm still kind of. I'm still kind of not. I feel like there's more proven commodities available right now, and my guy, like for instance, my guy at 17 is far from proven, but has been in the big leagues for a long time. And it's like it's Jorge Soler. I yeah. love Soler this year, and everything is he. His the big reason. Well, if you, I'm sorry, you want to finish something on Eloy? I could tell. So go ahead before I jump into Soler. Oh no, no, I was just gonna. I was gonna say yeah, he that he played 122 games. He had 31 home runs in those uh, 122 games. So, I mean, I, I think that I kind of like the what Steamer has projected for him. They have him projected for 279, uh, 33 home runs uh, in 141 games. So maybe they're baking in a little bit of, uh, I don't know, injury risk or what, but I, wonder, I don't. I wonder where he hits in that lineup. Like they, I know he's projected to hit like six or something like that. And I'm just wondering, because like with 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 Robert likely coming on the team now, Magical coming up soon, if not by the start of the season as well, you just gotta think where do, where do, like they're. Lo- it's, I mean, you want you want any part of that lineup? I get it, but where are they gonna you know put them? They're not gonna put them third or fourth with Abreu and Grandall there. They also have um, Edwin, you know. Yeah, well, I think he should he should be hitting. I think he should hit ahead of Edwin too, but I think he should be hitting ahead of Edwin, maybe fifth. Right, right now, Ross Resource has him hitting sixth. When we we really don't know anything right now, this is all just speculation. But you know, so we'll have to see when it comes to spring training. But I mean, even if he's hitting sixth, I I don't hate that. I mean, I don't think it hurts his counting stats. 
just hurts mm-hmm. his counting stats more than, more than anything. Well, it actually hurts a lot. I mean, not a lot, but it would definitely make a difference because you put him in between like a Edwin and a Grandall, and you're looking at a lot more lineup protection than putting him behind all those guys, you know? Yeah. That would definitely help. So that could be interesting. He might be a riser for me. He might be a follower for you because he's in that weird range where there's going to be a lot of those. But like I said, uh, Solaire was a guy that – Going back to him, he's where he's who I have at 17, and I realize I'm a little higher than most on them, I think, in fan tracks. I haven't looked in a while, but my big thing is the power was very much real, man. Like, there's no doubt in that power. Batting average actually has some sustainability, and there was growth in the profile all across the board. I think, <clears throat> I think that lineup itself is getting healthier, which can help him, you know, produce a little better counting stats. But all in all, man, I think at the very least, you're getting a guy with potential difference-making power and not complete killer at batting average, but could be something similar to like judge where it's like closer to 260 than it is 275. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, about 260 is probably right. And I'm actually with you on solar. I have him at 19. So I just have not too far off. (laughs) It's actually crazy that as good as solar was last season, he actually underperformed his expected stats. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, You know, 16.9% barrel rate is just, gorgeous it you shows know, it, the contact he's making is like great contact it's awesome you love seeing yeah, good barrel you, rates yeah I, I took a look at players who you know had batted balls hit over 100 miles per hour and he had 147 balls that's right holy jeez. yeah 147 balls hit over 100 miles per hour the same as josh donaldson and jd martinez gotta love that company yeah exactly so that's awesome. And another guy, okay, so I have Solar 17. I don't want to go through every single player where we have him exactly. But, like, okay, like Tommy Pham, I'm 18. Where do you have him? I have Tommy Pham 21. And who I have 18, actually, I, I just want to touch on, because um, I think I'm higher on him than the rest of our uh, Fantrax consensus. I have him, I have uh, Marcelo Zuna at 18. I have him at 20. So, okay. me and you are. I think I remember you being the highest, but me being right with you. He underperformed his stat cast data by a ton last year, especially on the batting average side of things. And he's always hit in a bottom – I think it's a bottom six um, park as far as, like, park factors go. And if he goes anywhere – I mean, I heard the Cardinals are back in on him, but if he goes mm-hmm. anywhere else, that's an improvement as far as, like, the ballpark. Because between St. Louis and Marlins Park, give him a hitter's ballpark, and we're looking at a 40 home run guy, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I know you're with me. You love him. Like you actually absolutely. are higher than I am. Yeah, I mean, he had career highs in uh, exit velo, uh, launch angle, barrel rate, walk rate, line drive rate. So uh, he had the highest uh, difference in his expecting batting average and actual batting average uh, among players with at least 250 plate appearances. So yeah, and I think it, he's going to be one of those players that once he does sign, you're going to see him pushed up a bit. It depends on where he gets signed. If he gets signed to back to St. Louis, because I, I remember reading the rumors today, it was um, St. Louis was one of the teams, the Rangers, which would be kind of awesome. Even though it's it'll probably play more neutral, it's still a park improvement, park upgrade, and he's an AL, so he can actually play the he can probably DH once in a while. But yeah. then again, no, they have anyway. And I, I remember I can't remember the other team. There was another team in on them though, another interesting team. Regardless. Might have been the White Sox. I'm not. I thought, I thought I saw it, that, that maybe was the, the first, White Sox. That was like the first rumor. He was supposed to get mm. signed by them and never did. I don't know. Like, like you're, you don't have to sell me on him. I think me and you are kind of two of the higher ones on him. But where do you have Stanton? I have Stanton next up here at 20. Okay, I have him at 19, and I think we both agree 
power potential is through the roof. We're talking 50 home run guy. Steamer, I think he's the highest projected for, from Steamer. He just can't. He has just not been able to stay healthy. Right. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, if, he if could be ever, much higher on this list. If you, you know, ever, if, if you're, yeah, if you're a Stanton guy, like Bogman, we've had on the show before, he's a huge mm-hmm. Stanton guy. This is the year to get him because this is the cheapest he's ever been. And the potential for a return, a profit return on him is definitely there. Just, I feel like at this point, you can't expect more than 140 games, but still, 140 games will still give you probably close to 40 home runs. So, it's just I have him at 19, and that's just because of the injury risk at this point. Otherwise, like you said, he honestly would fit up there with that. Goes back to the judge conversation. He would fit up in that. He would be up in that tier if I wasn't so worried about his health. Oh, absolutely. He'd be right there with with Harper, Judge. Um, you know, I'd probably have him. I'd probably have him a, ahead of Alvarez actually and Springer. He'd be right there, right, right around Harper and Judge. Exactly, and but it's just again the track record for health at this point. Can't ignore it. Now we talked about our, we both covered our top twenties. I don't want to go through all forty of our names, and we're getting to a point where now where there's a lot of names grouped together in tiers for me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just want to pick names out, if that's okay. Sure. Um, I'm more looking at like Eddie Rosario. Like we know he, like, I, I literally call him Steady Eddie because I feel like you know what you're gonna get. Solid four categories. I don't want to talk about him too much. What do you think about where's Whit Merrifield? Where where is Whit Merrifield for you? And what are your thought, thoughts on him? Oh uh, man, Whit Merrifield. He's a tough one because you're just not sure how much he's going to run, um, and that's that's a huge part of you know why you would be drafting him. I have him at 22, right behind Tommy Pham. <laughs> Perfect. I have him at 22 as well. I just moved him down below below Eloy. So yes, I'm with you on that one. Right. Yes. And for the so, same reasons, because Matheny's there. Like period. Right. Exactly. And Andy, yeah, ran, so. Andy ran less. La- Andy, Andy ran less last year. I need to get exactly. better at letting you talk. Like I'm really bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's the coffee. Uh, oh, by the way, guys, it is 1 a.m., 1:15 or 1:18 now, where I on the East Coast. So, and I'm, I have an article to finish after this. So I'm. Dr- I just drink some coffee. I'm all kinds of hyped up, and I got. I'll probably go to sleep around three or so this morning because I got a lot to finish. So you're welcome. This is the stuff that we, this goes to show you how much we love this stuff. We love doing this. We really do. And it's more of a commitment, commitment than I ever expected it to be. But man, honestly, it feels rewarding. It's the weirdest thing. Like I've never wanted to do something for free so much in my life. Yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. And <laughs> just to go back, I mean, but anyway, because you bring that up, oh. uh, just because you bring that up, I, I just, t- to go back on uh, what we saw out of the fantasy community on New Year's Eve, uh oh was great beautiful Beautiful. absolutely if if you logged on to twitter you know (laughs) you saw a lot of a lot of good touching things uh come from the community a lot of thanks and and shout outs and it was it was great It, it was so good to see that's just what you love about the community and that's another thing to remind people if you are even slightly interested if you put forth any effort you just have to be halfway decent person and you will be welcomed with open arms in this community it seems to be tight knit but there seems to be new people every day popping up into it and nobody ever really gives anybody a hard time. Everyone's willing to help you out. It's all about networking and people are really willing to help you if they see that you genuinely care and want to be a part of it. So if you have any ambition, man, hit us up on Twitter. Even we have no problem guiding you and there's always somewhere for you to get started. So mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Enough of that. It's almost like a commercial as we were. <laughs> um, so with Merrifield, I don't know if you completed your thoughts, but I feel like, yeah, 
Like I, I, I want to drop him down more, but I feel like it's weird. Like I shouldn't, but I want to. But I, yeah, I, I want to. I actually want to move him right behind the guy I have next at twenty three. I have Ramon Laureano. Okay, I have Laureano for twenty four, and I get that. I wouldn't be. I, but I don't know. Like I still feel I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I I love Laureano this year. I absolutely love him. Um, and he's going around in the eighties, and I I love that. I mean. I'd rather have Puig 20 picks later who offers the same exact type of potential though. Like that's my thing as far as value goes. I have Puig at 27. I don't know where you have Puig. I have Puig at 25. So So. (laughs) (laughs) I had Puig and uh, Laureano back to back, but then I moved Laureano up. I moved Robert ahead of Puig and then I moved Robles in between the two. Like I just did all this little shifting. Yeah. I feel like Puig, I'd rather take Robles. I'd rather take a shot on Robles over Puig but I'd rather take Robert over Robles and Loreano over all of them. <laughs> like it's but right now they're all like bunched up. They're all bunched up right back, right back to back to back to back with each other. So it's really preference and each draft, depending on my team need will depend on which one I end up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see that I do. I just like the upside of Loreano. I think he has more batting average upside. He, I mean, he played 123 games last season and, and he, you know, 24 home runs, 13 steals. And that was put with him batting majority of the year at the bottom third of the lineup. Right now, Russell Resource has him batting second. I think that he is going to move up in the lineup to the top half. And that's going to absolutely help his, his value. So I think Loriano's a value right now. I really can't argue with that. I just thought, again, I'm big on value, and I think Puig offers similar – I'm waiting to see where Puig lands, but I think Puig offers similar stats at a far greater value. So that's a big reason why I won't end up with um, with Laureano, but I do believe – I do have him ranked higher. I believe he's a better player. So if that makes any sense, it's weird how it works, right? But Yeah, now, I think the difference have... for me oh, between them is just the batting average. Yeah, I I can I can see it, but again, I can also see Puig having a silver batting average. You just never know with Puig, which yeah. Puig are we which Puig are we getting? Now, <laughs> well, actually, sorry, sorry to cut you off again. <laughs> that's, fine. that's good, man. I'm I'm usually the one doing it, so I, it's fine. The, I just wanted to bring up a a funny point about uh, Puig. He, he's hit he hit two sixty seven each of the last two seasons, Ooh, and this could be the, the last Chris Bryant thing, or Chris. Well, Bryant, yeah, Chris Davis. Sorry. In the two seasons before that, 2016 and 2017, he hit 263 in each of those two seasons. So if we're going, if we want to go by the pattern here, that just tells us that he's going to hit 271 next season. Yep, perfect. Dude, 270 (laughs) hitter, 15 and 20 and 15, sign me up, or 25 and 15, actually. But yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that little fun little tidbit. That was interesting. It was worth cutting me off for. Most people probably think, what the hell? That's stupid. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I like stupid. That's Roto, that is Roto Nino stuff right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, Luis Robert, I have at 25 now. That's where I put him. I think I'm okay with that. I don't know where you put him these days. Uh, Luis Robert, I have him actually at 30. See, I have him at 31, and I yeah, thought I was so I too have... low. And then I moved him up, and I still mm-hmm. – but it's like I want him over Puig now. I want to take a shot on that upside over Puig. I want to take a shot on that upside over Victor Robles. But I put Robles at 26. Where do you have Robles then? I have Robles at 24. And I even mentioned earlier that I, I yeah, you know, wanted to move him down a bit. I know. <laughs> I, you, um, ta- you talked me into the whole Robert over Robles, and, I'm, and I made the move and you didn't. What the heck? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I really didn't know exactly where to move Ro uh, Robert up in my rankings once he was signed. I just settled here at, at 30. Um, it's not bad. Do you have but... Robles at? Yeah, guys I have ahead of him are Joey Gallo, Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, uh, Nick Castellanos, and then uh, Yasiel Puig. Ooh, so I think just way higher than I do. Man. Yeah, for Castellanos, I think I mean we saw what he could do out out of Detroit, and I think he's a solid bet for a good average and maybe thirty home runs. I think he. Hits, where does he uh, sign? Hits... The, where does he sign though? You know. As much as I would like him in San Francisco, that's terrible for fantasy. It would be terrible for fantasy purposes. <laughs> terrible, man. Yeah, but, and so for Robert, I mean, I the thing Robert about him too. I'm going to give my reasoning. I put him at 25, right between Laureano and Robles and Puig, as I mentioned before. And it's because they all, those four almost need to be in their own tier now because they mm -hmm. all offer the same skill set. They literally all offer the same skill set, and it's all a matter of which one do you want. Go out and get that one because they are all the same skill set. It's, it's a matter of preference. It's a matter of risk and reward. I like him there. I think that's where I'm going to end up keeping him as my top 25 guy based on upside alone and again just team just team construction team need yeah yeah absolutely i could see that the thing that concerns me there's a few couple things about uh robert as much as i love his upside and him just as a player where is he going to hit in the lineup you know you're probably looking at seventh eighth ninth well so and that's right where robles is at you don't think robles moves up in the Unless, in the batting he, order? unless unless Eaton gets hurt, no. That's a good we, point. We, we saw it last year. You know, he didn't move up unless there was an injury, unless Trey, until Trey Turner got hurt. Which again, yeah. both guys are very injury prone, so it probably will happen. But I don't bank on injury all that much. So as of right now, I don't see him. I mean, he's not going to hit third. Soto's there. He's not going to. Howie Kendrick's going to hit fourth, and I think they're. I, I think they signed somebody for third base, and if not, then I think Kiboom fights for sixth or fifth. And then they then they got Castro, who can hit a solid on base guy because of the batting average, you know? Like, just wouldn't be surprised if he's hitting close to seventh or eighth again. And then you have then you have um, Puig, you don't know, probably middle lineup guy, but no guarantee there. So, Yeah, and I mean, I think for me, as, as far as this next season goes, I think Robles is one of the last guys here, in, at least as far as the rankings go, that can give you – you know, 30 plus steals, 30 to 40 steals and, you know, contribute in other areas, you know, besides guys like Malik Smith later on and stuff like that, who Ugh. are really, it's just for steals. Um, so Ugh. considering, just considering the rankings here, you know, as far as the categories go and stuff, uh, I have Robles here at 24, I think just because of that. Might have to adjust things a bit because like I said, I just, I was hard to, it was hard to place Robert. It's still hard to place Robert. You yeah, really don't know, right? I just yeah. made this move. I made this move as we started the podcast and I'm still not sold on it because I don't know. Because then we jump into this next tier of guys for me and I'd group them all together because they're all very similar. Mancini, Conforto, Kepler, Gallo. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I have Gallo at 31. Where do you have him? I have Gallo at 29. Okay. And I can get it, but it's, it's for me, it's just empty power. Like, not empty power. Obviously, with power comes RBIs and runs, but a little bit of speed. But batting average is just such a liability. You have, if you have him on your team, you have to build for him. It's yeah. that simple. 
and he shouldn't be first base eligible this year unless it's Yahoo, which he might still somehow have it. <laughs> but probably he didn't he didn't play first base last year, so he's only outfield eligible. So that kind of hurts him. Whereas Trey Mancini's dual eligible offers a higher floor, so I have him above I have him above uh, Gallo, Max Kepler. I have at thirty. I feel like I'm too low on, but it's hard because again, he just fits the same area. Conforto, you know, I love Conforto, and I feel like he has another level of production that hasn't been reached yet. He's starting to become a second half guy. I want to see. I think he has. I think this year he could put it together the whole year. But even then, all the outfield is so loaded, it's hard to really move him up. Yeah. And then, but these are all in the same tier. And then you have Castellanos, who I actually have just behind Gallo at thirty-two. Where do you have Castellanos? Uh, I have Castellanos at 26. So I, I think uh, if you look at my rankings, you kind of see a little bit of a pattern here with, I, I think I, I pushed up the guys a little bit uh, that can give you a better batting average. So I have Castellanos and Rosario at 26 and 27. And then I have, I have these guys like, like 23, man. <laughs> like I'm way higher <laughs> on Rosario then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have these guys like Kepler, Gallo, uh, Conforto. They're almost back to back here. They're all back to back to me. Where do you have Mancini then, man? You don't like I have Mancini at what I'm not Mancini. buying it. You're not buying 30, Mancini now. 35. I have Ooh, Mancini at 35. You're not and I buying think a, Mancini. a lot of that has to do with just the team context. I mean, it's a you great know, ballpark, though, and no reason not to play him. Uh, how many runs is he going to drive in, though? And who's going to drive him in? Eight, he'll get 160 combined, 80 and 80. Solid batting average, twenty-five to thirty home runs. He's he's pretty much a Castellanos in a better ballpark. I probably should move Castellanos up, but I want to see where he gets signed. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, oh, the point Mancini. I wanted to make about it's, some of these guys was just that, like Conforto, Gallo, and Kepler. They're better in OBP for oh, sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you're, and, you're right about that. That's all that's all you want to say. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was more. No, yeah. Just, you, just I know because these rankings are more for like your standard five by five. I know you're a McNeil, Jeff McNeil guy. Mm-hmm. Right. That is you, I think. That's the big McNeil guy. What are your thoughts on um good old Jeff this year? Where do you have him? <laughs> I have him at thirty three. Okay, that's exactly where I have him. And I thought I expected you to have him higher. Yeah, no, I mean, I ha- I like him for his eligibility, second base, third base, outfield. He's eligible everywhere, and then you know, you know, you're going to get a good batting average. He showed some power late in the season. I'm not so sure how much I trust that power, but uh, yeah, if you can get you know 20 home runs and a uh, you know good batting average, and I don't know, I think maybe the same way that the same way that we value stolen bases. I mean, it's almost average is almost the same way for me right now. You know, uh, these guys that can hit for a high average, you kind of put a, a premium on them. But again, I have him similarly ranked. So I just, I just think he lacks the upside everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And by, and so I'm okay. But he, the multi-positional eligibility carries him and you're probably drafting him for second base, just like Mancini. The reason why I have him so high, maybe I need to drop him down on my outfield rankings. Cause in my head, I, I know he has first base eligibility. Right. But in out, but I have to remember that this isn't first base. So, I'd rather, I honestly, rather, and just for outfielders, I'd rather have Conforto, Kepler, Castellanos, not Gallo, though. I'm actually down on Gallo. I'm actually going to switch Castellanos and Gallo, and then Mancini below them all. So I'm going to make that adjustment. Where do you have Benatendi? Is a very popular to- hot topic. Where do you have him? So I have Benatendi, and uh, I might actually be too high on him. I have him at 34. I have him at 35. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I hate to say it, like, are we too? But are we overreacting to last year? Is last year what we should expect? I'm That's asking the thing. almost out of I, I curiosity, think... and dude, like I don't know. 
I feel like this is just this is like a make or break season for him. For right? fantasy I purposes, mean, yeah. For fantasy purposes, I feel at like least. So, there were some underlying numbers that suggested he underperformed, but I don't know, man. Maybe this is just who he is. Maybe he's just you know, nineteen and seventeen with a two seventy ish batting average, which isn't bad, but I, that's. You can get Lorenzo Cain a few picks, like a few rounds later, and he still offers that similar type of upside. Maybe not the power, but the speed at least, you know, and the batting average. So it's like, why not just take your shot on a, almost like a Nick Senzel? I, the injury concerns are there for Senzel, but it's like that type of Senzel has a similar upside, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at this point, like I, I'm looking at my rankings. But and I'm, I'm looking at the that. name Benintendi, and I'm almost, I almost feel like I have him at 34 just because of his name. Well, I don't know. I, I looked. I I actually felt like when I put him at 35, I felt that was about right. And I was like, like I don't I don't prefer Mercado over him. I because the batting average concerns are there because he's I don't know. And I don't think the power. I don't think 14 home runs. I think that's his ceiling. JD Davis, I love. You know, I love, and we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Him. I'm not going to talk about him too much, but for people who don't know, I'm. He's the. This is the first time I've spoken about him this year, and I'm actually upset that it took me four days. But I love J.D. Davis. I have this, like, weird like weird obsession with him at this point. And I don't even want him over Ben Tendi because I just understand steals have that much of a value. But yeah. who are some names that you're, like, looking at that you think should be? Are those a couple names? Like, not, maybe not Davis because I know I'm higher on him than you are. But what are some names that you think that you might want to move ahead of them that are below him right now? Oh, man. Um, I think I don't know. I, I just I think you make a good point as far as what you can get. You can get the same thing much later in some of these guys. Maybe he's here because of that upside. Upside has value, and that's it why does. Yeah, I think that's why like dropping him below where we have him is kind of hard to do because some of these guys like Mercado's ceiling is like fifteen thirty, which is a great ceiling, but realistically he's probably going to fall and land on like twelve and twenty. And Benatendi, I feel like you know there's like a potential for 25 20 you know and it's hard mm-hmm. to so you, that's why that, that carries value and that's why i think where he's at is fair but i think people have this idea that he could still be like a 30 30 guy or a 30 20 guy and i don't really see that these days i mean he's still young it can happen i'm just not buying into it michael brantley though i just think he's funny cause i just kind of shoved him in there at 34 and mm-hmm. i feel like he's i feel like he's always completely under undervalued but yeah. it's because he is what he is. He's just solid, safe, high upside, high floor. The limit lack, lacks, you know, the power or the speed, but gives you counting sets, gives you batting average, and he's been healthy lately. So yeah, I have him at thirty-two. And yeah, I mean, that would take. I mean, I don't know who. I wonder who I have ahead of. Oh, you have. I don't know. I, I don't even want to try to figure out. It's only a couple spots, but. <laughs> yeah, I have him at thirty-two. I mean, yeah, That's like you said, he's. Exactly it. <laughs> he's just. He's a good good player. You're looking at, you know, 300 average. Um, he hits play, a ton man. of doubles, ton of doubles. So he's probably better. Even, OBP points. Yeah, exactly. OBP points leagues. Um, you know, he hits a ton of doubles, uh, you know, 20 home runs, batting cleanup for the Astros. So, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that you rank here and then you watch him finish, you know, much higher. All right, so we've gotten through the top 35, essentially. And I think we did in about an hour, which is great. So let's – Real briefly wrap up this top 40. Give me the last five. I think it's like five names. Drop the last five in your top 40 and give me your quick brief, like one to two sentence thoughts on them. All right. At 36, I have David Dahl. 
Um, can he stay healthy? I doubt it, but he's got that 25. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just left it there. Can he, can he stay healthy? I doubt it. Move on. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know that Coors is going to play up that BABIP, and he's got, you know, 25-10 potential, but uh, health is obviously just a big risk. Uh, 37, I have Fran Mel Reyes, plus, plus power. You know that he can crush the ball, 14.8% barrel rate. Um, 38, I have Oscar Mercado. Just a good, good all-around player. Like you said, you're looking at maybe 12, uh, 12 to 15 home runs, another, you know, maybe 15 steals. Um, where does he hit is, is the question. You know, if, is Lindor still going to uh, – if he's still going to be there, is he still going to lead off? So if Mercado, for whatever reason, if Lindor moves, if Mercado, uh, you know, leads off, that's you know, a big, big boost to his value there. Uh, 39, I have uh, Willie Calhoun. I, I like Calhoun. He's just a really good hitter. Doesn't strike out a lot. 15.7% strikeout rate, 21 home runs and 83 games there. The Rangers are really trying to improve. His defense can really hurt him from, you know, his playing That's time. That's the still. thing, yeah. Yeah, his, his playing time. But they signed Azuna. So he's a this is why this is why I want to stop at 40 because we're getting into a point now we're going to talk about the next podcast. We're going to talk about sleepers and we're going to dig into the final 40 of our rankings because we did top 80. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spoil it, but like for me, he's outside my top 40, but I just want to, I mean, you brought him up. So I'm just mentioning like, he's a guy that could move up and now it's pretty much all these guys here can move up and down. We're at that yeah. point. So I do like him too. I think he's, as far as a hitter goes, he's a pure hitter. It's just two blocks him at the age. His glove blocks him from the field. Like it's a legitimate yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. And then just to wrap up my top 40, I have Kyle Tucker at 40. Okay. I have Kyle Tucker just outside the top 40, but um, my 36 was Mercado. You summed it up. I've talked about him a little bit all podcast. Power, speed, not really much power, just more for speed. Batting average is iffy. J.D. Davis, I'm absolutely enamored with. I can't get enough of him. I think there's legitimately 30 home run upside with a solid batting average. Steamer does not like him for that, but that's because Steamer averages like, you know, three or five-year data. Then he hasn't had that much, and he broke out. Big way, there was a batting stance change, um, legitimate growth versus righties, which was what his weak side was, and just overall just stubbiness. And uh, 38, I have Schwarber, another guy. Um, I love Schwarber this year. I can't get enough of him. The power is very real. The batting average, I think, actually is going to be better than last few years. He made some significant strides against lefties in the second half last year. And he actually had, he's another guy who had a batting stance change from the first to the second half. And with it came, I think like a more of an all fields approach and just the power played better. And I think there's some growth there and some good potential. I'm higher on this guy next um, 39. I'm higher on Senzel than most. I put him at 39. Cause I just believe like, this is the year, like last year you paid a premium this year. He's going outside the top 150, I think. And I think, I know there's a shoulder. He's come back from a shoulder injury. So there's concerns for that, but there's power, there's speed. There's just overall upside. And, I like upside this late. So he's 39 for me. And then I have Fran Mill, like you said, plus plus power. He wraps up my top 40. And although the batting average can be a question mark, I think 260 is safe to assume, or at least 250, I should say, with 35 plus. And that's difference making, man. And you're getting him this late. If you miss on power, Schwarber and Reyes for me are huge gets this late. So that's our top 40s each. And again, we could keep going on. But we're going to go on on another podcast and talk about it because otherwise this would be like a three-hour podcast. So Yeah. <laughs> With that said, guys, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. George is at 
Frodo underscore Nino. Nino, actually. It's, it's phonetically Nino, N-I-N-O, but it's Nino. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just weird not calling you Jay Monson as 90. And if you really Jay Monson do, as 90 is gone, man. I know. Gone. Who? Who not dead? Not coming back. <laughs> gone forever. Rest in peace. The artist, the artist formerly known. And if you guys honestly want to support us beyond just listening, which we appreciate it, please drop us a rating and review. Apparently, from what I understand, is it really helps with the overall, like, people being able to, the visibility, the overall visibility and being able to be found on iTunes and just all that good stuff. So a rating and review goes a long way. We greatly appreciate it. And other than that, guys, you'll see a, me and George are about to go into uh, two articles per week over at Fantrax. I yeah, dude. These uh, we're gonna be writing a lot more, and no one cares, so we're just rambling. So until <laughs> next time, guys, we do appreciate listening as always. Drop that rating and review, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.